Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be reviewing week six in the NBA, all that went on there, and also I'll have my player spotlight. This week, it'll be Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete Maravich, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we just finished week six in the NBA. So let's go through all that took place and um, look slightly ahead. So let's talk about it. So Monday of last week, we saw LeBron get suspended after that melee at uh, Detroit with uh, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, you know, you know the incident well. He hit the kid with an elbow. Um, uh, the kid didn't realize, then the blood started coming down, so he just went berserk. So, anyhow, so LeBron gets a game suspension for that. Isaiah Stewart gets two. You know, it's understandable, you know, in this day and age in the NBA. And this led, you know, the... Stephen A. Smith's of the world to now question LeBron's toughness and to say that, you know, respect over fear. He wasn't feared like Jordan was feared and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I I think that's a bit of a revisionist history. And then actually some players had to check him check him on that take because it does seem absurd but the bottom line to all of this is this is not your father's NBA heck it's not my NBA of the 80s and so forth so there's David Stern took great measures to take the fight and the stuff out the game and all that kind of stuff so that it's not the kind of NBA anymore. Everybody's palsy wowsies and whatnot, you know. Even even uh, the incident with Melo and KG, well, until this day, he still denies he said the thing about his wife. But anyhow, it's not that type of NBA anymore. So to say that Jordan was more feared back in the day, I think it's an absurd take, to be honest. And J.J. Reddick was right. Uh, Jordan got stepped to plenty of times. So all this revisionist history on how he was feared, you know, the Skip Baylesses of the world like to give that take as well. I've seen footage where they were taking his head off, Jordan said. Uh, The bad boy Pistons, they made a man out of him. So... You know, this take now that we have, you know, him being so feared, nobody would step to him and all this. It's ridiculous talk to me. So, it's not that type of NBA, you know. People just have an admiration for LeBron, you know. They want to play with the guy, you know. Um, nobody's stepping to anybody to want to fight and take him down anymore. That's not that this NBA now, so... So to have that take is just beyond absurd. 
it's reaching, it's, you know, it's, it's just nonsensical talk. There's other things to talk about that. That that's just fodder for, you know, the Twitter fingers of the world to talk and debate about. But it's it was just nonsensical anyway. So let me divert from that. Uh, also, on Pat, uh, this past, well, last week, Monday, you saw Jalen Brown come back from his hands, hamstring injury for Boston. And they ended up beating Houston that that day that he came back 108 90 so um you know they got him back in the fold so and boston needs him bad and then this that past monday you saw alvin gentry make his debut as the sacramento kings coach and he lost actually uh 102 to 94 Actually, and they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers, who was still without Embiid, by the way. So, so uh, that was Monday. That's all that took place Monday. Then Tuesday, uh, the Knicks hosting the L.A. Lakers. And this is a game without LeBron because he had the suspension. Um, and they won that game, uh, beating LeBron, you know, the the... Westbrook and AD led Lakers that night. So um, I actually thought I said it in the previous podcast. I think the NBA had the stones to suspend LeBron and have him miss that Nick game. So I, I was actually surprised that they did that. So, but nonetheless, the Knicks got to win that night. Evan Fournier had a terrific game. 26 points. Then you got contributions from the bench. Guys like Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, who has come on lately. So um, impressive, impressive win still. It is the Lakers. So when you're able to beat them on your home floor, that's a good thing. Uh, Also on that Tuesday, Tyler Hero continues to impress coming off the bench for the Miami Heat. Um, he had 31 points that night and led them to a win. So the question is, Tyler Hero, will he win both most improved player and six man of the year award? It's possible. At the rate he's going, it's possible. Only thing that can t- curtail him is probably injuries or so forth. But he's been playing sensational coming off the bench so far. And then uh, on that Tuesday, Luca returned back to the lineup because um, he he was out a while himself. Came back, scoring 26 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists for the win, um, beating the Clippers that night uh, at Staples Center. So uh, that was a good win, them beating the Clippers. So Okay, and then on to Wednesday. Wednesday, LeBron returns to the lineup. And actually drops 39 points against the Indiana Pacers in a game that went into overtime. So, And LeBron was pretty upset that night. In fact, he got a couple thrown out of the game because they said uh, some really derogatory things to LeBron. Uh, And he felt the need to say, hey, look, I don't mind getting heckled, but when you go over the line like that, no good. 
So um, he he got that couple uh, booted from the game, and rightfully so. Um, from what I heard, yes, they should have been because you don't say those sort of things. And then the the couple, the woman, she going fake doing the tears, you know, the rubbing of the eyes. And these these people are ridiculous. They really are. Um, they think you could come to the arena and just say any manner of thing to these guys and they're supposed to take it. So, you know, everybody's going to say snowflake and all that. Um, I In life, I always say flip the situation. And that was you out there uh, getting that kind of abuse. Would you take that? So, anyhow. And then after the game, you know, LeBron spoke. And he said how disappointed he was in being suspended for, for that Nick game. Um, he was disappointed in being suspended for what he did, but also he was devastated. That's the word. He was devastated. He missed the Nick game, um, at the garden. So, you know, it's LeBron's only one time to come to the mass, to Madison Square Garden. You know, it's considered the Mecca of basketball and so forth. So, um, which led, you know. The social media world to uh, hammer LeBron saying that, you know, if you love playing at the Garden so much, why not come and play for the Knicks? <clears throat> There's a difference between coming to the Garden just for that one game or a couple of games as opposed to wearing that jersey. Um, I think Alan Hahn says it best. It's the heaviest jersey in the, in the NBA. Why? Because you you have the pretty much the pressure of the franchise upon your shoulders. You have the city upon your shoulders. I don't care what's going on in Brooklyn. It's all about what's happening with the Knicks. So uh, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Not everybody can take it. This is why Carmelo is so beloved because. He was the guy who said, okay, I'll come to New York. I'll, you know, take the slings and arrows and so forth, which he caught plenty of those. Guys like Amari, you know, they'll, they'll be beloved as well. Um, but, yeah, it takes a certain kind of guy to put to willingly come to New York, put on that jersey, and play in front of those fans for 41 games in a year. Not including playoffs and preseason, of course. So, um, so when I hear guys like LeBron say that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you like visiting here, but you can't play here. There's a difference between the two. So, anyway, that's a story for another day. So, anyhow, that's what he said then. And then also on that Wednesday, Brooklyn blows out Boston. Um, in which they had five players in double figures. Um, Patty Mills with 23, Katie and Harden had 21 apiece. And also on that same night, Katie passes Allen Iverson and he slips into 25th on the all time scoring list. Given health, he can probably vault his way. Possibly into the top 10 if health provides 
Um, yeah, so it helped provide because you know he's just a natural score and then remember he missed the game the season or so with the knee injury which kind of robbed him he would probably be higher on the list obviously but uh if health permits he can squeeze into the top 10 squeeze it's possible but we'll see um anyhow and that's that um Thursday, there was no games because of Thanksgiving, so we skip over Thursday into Friday. Friday, we find out that uh, the rookie for Houston, Jalen Green, he's going to be out at least a week with a hamstring injury. So you need guys like Kevin Porter Jr. to step up over there for Houston. Uh, Christian Wood, who's playing pretty good so far. Uh, Jay Sean Tate and those guys there. Eric Gordon, so they need to step up in this absence. And then also we got news about Zion Williamson. Um, you know, he's been out with the foot injury. He's been cleared for full team activities, which is good news. So um, how close he is to a return on the court, we'll see. Maybe in, in the month of December, we'll see. So, um if there's not any setbacks, uh, maybe before Christmas, maybe we'll see. And also that night, um, the Phoenix Suns at New York, they blow them out, um, at Madison Square Garden. Devin Booker, fine game, 32 points, had seven guys in double figures in that game. Yeah, Phoenix is just on a such a roll right now. Um, yeah, they're 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 really playing uh, fantastic basketball. Also that night, we saw John Moran go down. He suffered a left ankle sprain, so he's going to be out for several weeks for the Minnesota Grizzlies. So um, tough break for the kid. He was playing all star type basketball, so. Hopefully, he won't be out for too long. Um, possibly, you can get him back maybe mid-December, hopefully, if all goes well. But the kid was playing great. So, um, yeah, so we w wish him speedy return. And then, late that night, the Lakers losing three overtimes to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they were led by De'Aaron Fox, who had 34 in that game. LeBron didn't shoot at all that great, actually, in that one. He was uh, 10 for 25 from the field, un-LeBron-like. And he shot 2 for 13 from three-point range. Oof. Yeah, that's not what you want. So He had 30 points, though, so took 25 shots to get to 30 points, which is unlike him, but... Again, uh, tough loss, tough loss to Sacramento. Sacramento actually had... Oh, uh, a win! I believe that Wednesday, um, prior to the Monday where they lost um, under Alvin Gentry. So uh, maybe Kings are trying catch some, um, you know, some lightning here. So anyhow, let's move on to the Saturday game. Saturday we saw Joel Embiid return after missing those nine games with the COVID, and. He and his <laughs> debut back, 
he only went on to score 42 points and 14 rebounds, leading his team to the win. So, uh, and other return news, Evan Mobley, who had the uh, injured elbow, he returned after missing four games. And his game back, he had 13 points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. So, so the rookie is back. Uh, good news for Cleveland. Uh, they're still obviously without the likes of Colin Sexton, who's down for the year. So it'll just be interesting to see now with Mobley back, how things work out with Laurie Marketing, who had a pretty good week um, prior to uh, Mobley's return. So see how that works with him and also with Jarrett Allen. So, And then you have the Knicks going to Atlanta. Going down to Atlanta, facing them for the first time since that playoff series last year, and getting the win, 99 to 90. In that game, Alec Burks, 23 points. Uh, Evan Fournier, he got 20. Again, the bench comes to the rescue in that one. At one point in that game, you had all five of their draft picks on the floor. the oldest one being 23, being Jericho Sims and Obi Toppin. So you had guys like Manuel Quickly out there. You had uh, R.J. Barrett out there. You had Quentin Grimes as well. So uh, Knicks, you know, they, they got a lot of youth over there. A lot of youth and talented youth. That's the most important thing. So uh, they'll get it together. They'll get it together. So, um, but great win, great win for them. And then Phoenix extends their streak to 16 games with a 113-107 win. And they they won over Brooklyn, actually. Actually, that was a back-to-back because, remember, they beat the Knicks the previous night on Friday. They go to Brooklyn and beat them as well. So, very impressive win. Uh, Devin Booker, 30 points for him. CP3, 22 points as well. So, they Phoenix has been impressive. It's not like they're beating the, uh, you know, the Washington Generals of the NBA. They're beating quality teams there. So, And then one of the marquee games on Saturday night, Miami uh, going to Chicago and beating them 107-104. Uh, off the bench, gave Vincent 20 points. Kyle Lowry, 19 points for him. Jimmy Butler, 18 for him as well. So, uh, impressive win for Miami. Miami's been playing really solid basketball, man. So, definitely props to them, that's for sure. So, moving on to Sunday. Uh, Sunday... Milwaukee Bucks needing help at center with Brooke Lopez still out. They signed DeMarcus Cousins to a one-year deal. So, um, you know, a lot of people say he's washed, so forth. Uh, maybe he gives them something. Maybe he does. So, a uh, little more depth as far as bigs go. Definitely goes a long way, so you'll definitely take that. In Atlanta, Bog. Bogdan Bogdanovich for uh, the Hawks out for at least two weeks with a right ankle sprain. So you need guys like Kevin Herter to step up. 
Uh, also, Cam Reddish, he suffers a left uh, a sprain in his left wrist, and he's day-to-day. So, you already had the uh, DeAndre Hunter. You had him. He's, he's out. So, uh, a lot of your wing players are out, so definitely need some guys to step up. Guys like Danilo Gallinari as well, so... Um, yeah, so seems like Atlanta's fighting the injury bug right now. And then Goran Dragic for the Toronto Raptors, he leaves the team. He's dealing with personal matters, so, uh, we're hoping the best for him. So, it's, that's going to be a week-by-week basis, so the team understanding of what he's going through, so, uh, they allowed him to do that. And then John Wall... He's been talking to the Houston management about possibly returning to the lineup, but it doesn't seem likely now. Uh, They've had talks and so forth, and I think they're kind of hitting the wall with that. No pun intended. So uh, I, I think we've probably seen the last of him playing in a Rockets uniform. So, I think they're just trying to wait it out, see if there's a trade partner out there. But at that ridiculous contract price, I th- I doubt if they're going to find anyone. I think they're going to basically have to bite the bullet and, you know, release him. You know, it's a lot of money to do that, but I don't think they have much of a choice in this matter. So, And then also, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, they're going to be rehabbing in the G League. So they'll be down there getting their work out on and so forth. So, again, these guys supposed to make their de- their debut in December. So we'll look to that. And then LeBron and, and the Lakers, they win the rematch. Actually, Detroit went out to L.A. And um, the Lakers beat them 110-106. LeBron with a masterful game, 33 for him. And then also you have Anthony Davis, 24 for him. Westbrook with 25. So, uh, yeah, so they exact a bit of revenge against them. Although the Lakers did win that game, they had to brawl in. So it's kind of, uh, I guess, the psychological rematch. So, anyhow. That was your week six in the NBA coming up. Actually, your teams of the week obviously is Phoenix. They're still they still have that hot streak going. Uh, Golden State had a undefeated week. Milwaukee again with an undefeated week. Your player of the week was Steph Curry. He averaged thirty points a game in in those wins. So big ups to him. Coming up, though, next week, actually, they face each other. Golden State uh, goes to Phoenix to face the Suns, so that should be a good one. The Knicks go to Brooklyn and face the Nets. That should be good as well. So uh, some interesting games on tap for your week seven. So, So we'll come back. We'll... Break it down to a fine powder, you know, all the matchups, all the happenings going on as far as the injuries and so forth. So uh, we'll have it all, guys. So 
On that note, I'm going to break here. The next time you hear from me, we will be doing our player spotlight for the week. So uh, stick and stay for that, guys. Okay, guys, let's talk player spotlight. The player that I'm spotlighting this week is Pistol Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich, born in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, a small town along the Ohio River. He was born June 22, 1947. He is the son of Press Maravich. Press Maravich, who had a brief career himself in the NBA. And he's of Croatian descent from Serbia. Pete played, um, he played high school ball actually in North Carolina before he ended up attending LSU. And uh, actually, that is where his father coached. His father coached at LSU. While there, he... He played with the uh, with the freshman team. So, but there was a rule back then. You know, you play your freshman year with the uh, you know junior varsity before you move up to the varsity. You know, um, the actual team. So, anyhow, and he played with the freshman team in 1966-67, and actually. He led them in scoring with 43.6 points per game. Then he moved up to the varsity team. And with the varsity team, he averages as a sophomore 43.8 points per game. As a junior, 44.2 points per game. And then in his senior year, 44.5 points per game. Guys, remember this. It's night is in the sixties. No three point shots whatsoever. So basically he's getting his points on twos and you know free throws and so forth. So absolutely amazing. And the fact that now in the advent of the three point shot today, no one has come close to touching those records is absolutely mind boggling. So in nineteen seventy he ended up winning College Player of the Year, rightfully so, for a 22-10 and 10 LSU team. His playing style was looked down upon back in those days. The, the between-the-leg passes, the dribbling behind the back, just the playground moves that he had on the court. Uh, guys, for, for those... Uh, 30 and above think of Jason Williams with the Sacramento Kings with more offense. That is basically what you have in Pete Maravich. So, uh, coming out of college, uh, many didn't see him as a winning type of ball player. They just thought he was just this offensive dynamo Worry about getting his shots and getting his points. So uh, he so he had that hanging over him, you know, despite the gaudy scoring stats that he have. And again, he holds all the major scoring records in the NCAA. All of them. And 
again without the the luxury of having the three point shot. So in nineteen seventy he was drafted third overall in the nineteen seventy draft by Atlanta. He was drafted behind the likes of Bob Lanier and Rudy Tom Janovich. So and then he was not well received by the veterans on his team uh, because of his rookie contract. And at that time, he got a rookie contract that uh, figured out to, as a total, nearly $2 million total contract. So, um, yeah, they hit, they didn't take too fondly to that. So. In any event, I'd never understand why guys get bent out of shape about a rookie contract. Uh, you know, those are the numbers that, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it way it goes. It's kind of like the NFL, too. Now, you know, they have their structured contracts and so forth, which actually back in the day they were a little worse. But that's a story for another day. Anyhow, so. Not not well received by the vets. He played with the likes of Lou Hudson, Walter Bellamy, and Walt Hazard as well. So, as a rookie, his 23.2 points per game, that was good for ninth in the, the whole NBA, which is pretty good, obviously. But the team had a 36 and 46 record. Then, in his second year, he scored only 19.3 points per game as the team kind of shifted from, you know, running offense through him. They leaned more on Lou Hudson um, as their go-to player. But nonetheless, they ended up with the same record, 36 and 46. His LA, his Atlanta teams could never get over the hump in the playoffs. During his four years there, he spent four years with that uh, ball club. Then he was dealt, actually, after the 1973-74 season to the expansion team, the New Orleans Jazz. Um, and that deal included Dean Meminger, Bob Kaufman, and future draft picks, including David Thompson and... Alex English so uh, and the prevailing notion for the Jazz was they were at the time a expansion team so they needed basically to kind of they needed a marquee guy to sell to the to the Louisiana fan base so being that Pete Maravich was a star at LSU so it seemed like a match Made in heaven, him going there. So, so, uh, and you know, he, he was already a legend in Louisiana for his play at LSU. So, in his first year with the Jazz, he shot only four, nearly 42% from the field, which was one of his career lows as the team concentrated on defending against him because, you know, expansion team, you're not going to have much going for you except the one guy being that is Pete Maravich. So. Then the following year, despite playing only 
62 games. He had um a number of, you know, injuries pop up. He did shoot his career best, uh nearly 46 point um 46 um percent from the field. And he ended up scoring nearly 26 points per game, finishing third behind Bob McAdoo, who ended up leading the league in scoring. And second place uh, guy was a guy by the name of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar while he was with the Lakers. So Then in the 1976-77 season, Pete Maravich actually leads the league in scoring with 31.1 points per game. And in that season, he had a 68-point game against the New York Knicks, who had, who had a Walt Clyde Frazier in kind of in his prime. He was he was up there in age, so he was experienced. But Pete Maravich just came and just lit up the Knicks, man, for 68 points. So. Anyhow, he was still saddled with that reputation of not being a team-first guy. Despite being the consummate gym rat, he was a guy who just stayed in the gym, practicing his shots, his passing, so forth. So, um, which, you know, is, is a bit, I guess, nah, no, I guess not so much weird. Because he was a prolific scorer, uh, Maravich was. Anyhow... In 1977-78 season, he played in only 50 games. He actually had surgery on one knee and then tendonitis in the other knee. But somehow with all of that, he was still able to average 27 points per game, which is pretty astonishing given that he was operating on two bad, bad knees. But his play diminished the following year. Uh... Thanks to the knee problems he continued to have, although he did end up averaging 22.6 points per game, and he actually made the All-Star game as well, even on those bad knees. So, and then the team ended up moving from New Orleans to Utah, where they actually still kept the name Jazz, which if you've been to Salt Lake City, Jazz is actually the last thing you think of when you think of Utah, but I digress. But in that move, they begin the process of phasing out Maravich for the likes of Adrian Dantley, who they just acquired from the Lakers, actually. So uh, so about midseason of that year, the Utah Jazz in, ends up waving him. So, but he was eventually picked up by the Boston Celtics at the time who had, who themselves had this young guy by the name of Larry Bird. So, so Pete Maravich goes to Boston and he kind of transforms himself into the ultimate complimentary player over there, helping the Boston Celtics reach the Eastern Conference Finals facing the Philadelphia 76ers who had Julius Irving at the time. But they couldn't get over they couldn't uh beat those Sixers at the time. So 
so they end up going home. So, and then after that, that season with Boston, Pete Maravich decides to hang him up and retire because because of his bad knees. His knees were so bad. So, so he retires uh, after the 1980 season. So he acts. And speaking of the three-point shot, he only had one year with the three-point shot. And what he ends up shooting for the year, uh, 15 attempts, 10, uh, 10 uh, shots made. So pretty good for, well, you know, he was a long-distance shooter anyway. It's just that the three-point shot wasn't made available, so. Anyhow, so after that 80 season, um, about seven years go by, and then Pete Maravich is inducted into the Hall of Fame. So he ends up making the Hall. But the following year, actually on, on a Jan January 5th in 1988, he goes to California to actually do a guest spot on the Christian show because actually he, during his retirement, he, he struggled big time. A lot of depression, some uh, alcoholism was involved, but he in, did end up turning his life around. He uh, came to Christ um to knowledge of Jesus Christ. So he became born again. So, so he was turning his life around and he was actually out there to do a guest spot for Dr. James Dobson's focus on the family radio show. So, so while he was out there, he actually, they had a gym there. So he was actually playing some pickup basketballs with a, couple other Christian guys um, out there in Pasadena, California. So, and then while playing pickup basketball, he, he has a heart attack and he actually dies right there on the court. So, um, so kind of a sad ending to his, you know, and he was only the age of 40. So, and actually this, began to draw parallels because of the Kobe situation, you know, Kobe dying so young at the age of 41. So, um, so there's kind of some similarities there. Um, but yes. Yeah, so Pete Maravich, a player we salute, a, uh, a man we lost way too soon, but he is a guy who I think, if he had played uh, a few errors later, definitely within with this three-point shot, I think a guy who could have flourished in today's NBA, that's for sure. His ball handling, his shooting, so forth, would be tailor-made for this NBA. So, Pete Maravich, we salute you. Um, may you sleep in uh, heavenly rest. And... Uh, Again, I, I, I like doing these player spotlights. It's nice to shine a light on these guys and give some 
uh, life to what they did, their accomplishments and so forth. So uh, we'll continue to do this each each and every week. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to how I pick these guys. I just, you know, um, pretty much on the whims. So, uh, so guys, I hope you enjoyed that story. Um, that bit of history about Pete Maravich. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. Much appreciated. And I will talk to you later. So my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD that sports dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD that sports dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD that sport dude. Also, you can email me at that sports dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash GD that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.